United Church of Christ presents Keeping Christmas. The reflection by the Reverend Jean Randall Bodman, presented on Sunday, December 31st, 2023. Please pray with me. Holy One, be in the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts, for surely you are the source and goal and light of all our living. Amen. This morning I bring you not a typical sermon, but a reflection in the words of the prophet Anna. It's something that my friend Jennifer and I created together. My name is Anna. I don't know how old I was when it happened. 90, 100, the years start to run together when you get to be my age. I haven't counted for a long time. My hips and my eyesight tell me that I am old. No one is left of my family, of my mother's family, or of my father Fanuel's relatives. All gone. I married as a young woman, and my husband was a good man, kind. We had no children, but he did not put me aside to find a new wife. But he died only seven years after we married. For years after he died, I kept thinking I saw him out of the corner of my eye, in a face at the marketplace slipping around a corner just ahead of me. Eventually that faded, and now I can barely remember his face at all. But sometimes I can almost hear the sound of his voice. I wonder what he would think to see me now as I am an old woman. I was so young when he died. I felt grown up, a married woman for seven years, but I see women now, the age I was then when he died, that they are just girls. I am old enough now to remember when Rome came to Jerusalem, back when the old queen's two sons argued over who would be king after she died. They both asked the Roman general to help. He helped all right. He helped himself right to our holy land. He laid siege to the capital broke through the city walls, and he and his soldiers killed everyone in their path. They walked right into the temple in their muddy, bloody clothes. The general even went into the Holy of Holies, the part of the temple only the high priests are allowed to go into, and even they only go into it once a year. It's called that, the Holy of Holies, because that is where the Ark of the Covenant sits the reminder of the very presence of God among the people. My husband, my father, my uncles, all good men and good Jews could never have gone in there, but that Roman did. That general eventually left, but he left behind Roman armies and guards, Roman client rulers and tax collectors, and even Roman appointed priests. They all stayed. I was glad that by then both my father and my husband had died and they did not live to see this blasphemy. But I, Anna, did. I bear an ancient name. It comes from the great Hannah, mother of the prophet Samuel. It means grace in English, or perhaps favor, though I haven't often felt favored in this long life of mine. But I do now. 
For years and years, I spent my time in the temple, praying and fasting and calling out to God, worshiping the God who has always seen us, the God who made promises to my people, the God who loves freedom. I prayed there for liberation and freedom to return to my people. I prayed that the corruption of selling priesthood in God's holy temple would end. I prayed that we could be out from under the influence of Rome to be our own selves, free to follow the teaching that we had received, to be people who loved each other, who lived in harmony, who cared for the poor and loved justice, a people who cared for widows like me. It's so hard to see clearly when outsiders are bearing down on us at all times, taxing all our work, not to provide for what the people here need, but to finance the very soldiers who threaten us. It's hard sometimes to remember who we are, to remember how we were meant to live when oppressors are bearing down. So I stayed in the temple. I stayed and I prayed. And I saw the others come to the temple every day. Some who live close by were there almost as much as I, like my young friend Simeon. Well, I say young. He's really quite old, just not quite as old as me. Those of us who go to the temple all the time get to recognize each other, even through all the crowds, especially me and Simeon, being of the same age as we are. And then there are some others who come to the temple from far away. They come from all across the land, into the city, the holy city, for the festivals. But yesterday, yesterday the most remarkable people came. It was a couple, a lovely young woman and her husband, with a new baby boy. They brought the baby to the temple to be dedicated, according to the custom. They brought the baby along with two doves for sacrifice. They looked quite ordinary at first glance, like any couple coming to make sacrifice, until you really looked at them. Most people walked past, jostling them as happens at temple. The woman Mary and her husband Joseph passed the baby between them, trying not to let him get bumped by all the people. Simeon saw them first. He's a good man. He told me many times that he knew he would see the Messiah, the promised one. He's getting a little bit stiff, is Simeon. His back hurts all the time, and his belly hurts every time he eats, though that doesn't stop him. He has a hard time walking. He has had for years. Whenever I see him at the temple, he tells me that he is ready to go, ready to leave this life and go to Father Abraham and Mother Sarah, except he longs to see the Messiah, the one who will set Israel free, and not just Israel, all the people. I've never been sure what that means. I don't think Simeon knows exactly what it means either, but he has said for all the years that I've known him that he had to see the Messiah before he went. On a bad day, when it's cold and wet and his back starts to hurt, he would grouse a little and hope that the Messiah would just hurry up. Simeon was so young when Pompey and his armies came through Jerusalem, he doesn't remember it as clearly and sharply as I do. But like me, he has been yearning for comfort ever since it happened. 
Yesterday, he seemed young again, no more than 50 or 60 anyway. He stood tall as he saw the little family enter the courtyard. I don't know if anyone else noticed, but I noticed, having watched him grow more stooped over the years. I noticed right away, and I looked to see where he was looking. I followed his eyes and then followed his footsteps. He walked right up to the little family and took the baby out of his mother's arms. She looked surprised, but she let him hold the baby. Maybe because he looked so happy, she couldn't resist. He blessed God and said, God, you can now release your servant. Release me in peace as you promised. With my own eyes, I've seen your salvation. It is now out in the open for everyone to see, a God-revealing light to the non-Jewish nations and glory for your people Israel. Then, still holding the baby, he blessed the family. He blessed them, and then he said to the mother that being the mother of the Messiah, a Messiah who was not a great king or a great warrior, would not be easy. He told her that her soul would be pierced as if by a sword, and though she was slight, she looked fierce at the thought. As Simeon blessed them, I began to sing. I've always liked to sing praises to God, but mostly I sing quietly, so only God and I can hear. But I felt my voice grow strong, and I sang of the coming of the Messiah, the one who would deliver us from oppression. After Simeon's blessing, I too held the baby. This little family with their baby wrapped in strips of cloths was not the Messiah I thought would come. But I knew, I knew in the same way that I know my mother loves me. I knew in the way that I knew my husband was in God's hands after he died. I knew it in the way that I knew I had to be at the temple every day. I knew in my bones that this was the one. There were other people around, of course, there are always people around in the temple, and I told them that this was the one. I don't know if they believed me or thought I was just a crazy old woman. Maybe both. All of us together as a community have longed for God for so long. The, the same God who set us free from oppression in Egypt, we've longed for God to set us free from the oppression of Rome. From all the emperors so far away, the queens and kings and governors who claim that their God is more powerful than our God. I didn't know it till yesterday, but I had begun to lose hope. I went to the temple every day to pray and fast, but I don't know if I believed that it would work or if God would hear me or if I just didn't know what else to do. Now that I have seen him, I know. I know that I had it all wrong. I had been hoping for a general to kick the armies out, a king stronger than our old king, stronger than Herod, who Rome placed here, stronger even than the emperor in Rome. But when has there ever been a king who didn't eventually get drunk on their own power? That wouldn't work. I know now, looking at that little family with their baby, a family that looked like they could be related to me, I know that God was doing a new thing. 
The baby wasn't who I had hoped and prayed and fasted for. That baby with his soft, dark skin and his big, bright eyes. That baby was something better. God's presence in human flesh. God with us. And now, here you are, these centuries later, having kept the faith and retold the stories of that first Christmas with joy and wonder. Here you are, living in another age of political unrest, a time of wars and rumors of wars, and even some threats we knew nothing about in my day. Maybe wondering if your prayers and worship will ever bring the salvation you need. Here's what I believe. God came in the flesh to remind me and you and all of us to keep looking for God's presence in the flesh, in the beauty and tenderness and kindness of humanity. After all, as that modern disciple of yours, Barbara Brown Taylor put it, who deserves the way a warm bath feels on a cold night after a hard day's work? Who has earned the smell of a loved one embracing you on your first night back home? To hold a sleeping child in your arms can teach you more about the meaning of life than any 10 books on the subject. To lie in the yard at night looking up at the stars can grant you entrance into divine mysteries. So keep your eyes open. There are messages everywhere speaking to you in every way your body, mind, and heart can understand. God came in flesh to remind me and you and every one of us that everyone who wears flesh belongs to holiness, deserves to be honored and blessed and protected from harm. The grown-up Jesus spent very little time talking about things we should think and lots and lots of time showing and teaching us what we should do. Breaking bread together and tending to each other's needs within community and expanding that circle of care ever outward. Feeding and clothing the hungry and unfed, visiting the imprisoned and advocating for the needs of the poor, working to make peace to keep human bodies safe. So enjoy the wonder and every enfleshed way you celebrate Christmas right up through Epiphany. Then go on keeping Christmas all year, living the joy and blessing and challenge of incarnation, giving and receiving messages of God's presence, working so others can see the light among us in our flesh, yours and mine, our friends, our enemies all beloved and holy. Amen. Listen, listen.